is the University of Michigan. Welcome back to Blue by 90. I'm here with Jack and Kaylin. And boys, it is Victory Sunday. Holy shit, does it feel good to say that? Victory Sunday. Gotta love it. I can't remember my song, so we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna plug that in later. But I'm feeling good. Oh, you guys I'm feeling good, man. Feeling good. It's great to wake up on Sunday with a victory, no hangover, well hydrated. Lions are playing at one o'clock. It's a good day to be alive, boys. It's a, I mean, that was one of the most fun games, fun Michigan games I've watched in a really long time. That offense was electric. We put up 49 points. First of all, the first quarter was electric both ways. There was so much shit happening, like, literally every second. It was un, unreal. Right. Dude, rough, rough start, too, but they came back no problem. Something that if that would have happened last year, we would have been fucked. I mean, game over. Great. Dude, that first quarter, I felt like took two hours. Yeah. I I looked down and I was like, there was still like four minutes left in the first quarter. And I was like, the score was I think twenty one to ten or something. It was wild. <laughs> it was there were so many points scored and it was back and forth. And I will say, let's start it off with how the game started because that's you know. Let's take a look back at previous years against Wisconsin, against Penn State, against Ohio State, obviously. Like, when Michigan on the road against a good team goes down early, they've crumbled, always. Mm-hmm. Really just thrown in the bag. It hasn't gone well for them. But blocked punt, touchdown right after that for Minnesota, and then Michigan on the next possession, first play, Zach Charbonnet, 70-yard burning down the field. Holy shit, that felt good for them to bounce right back. Dude, he looks good. I didn't realize how quick he was. I mean, he got through that hole. I mean, he didn't he didn't get touched. The no. O-line just fucking parted the Red Sea, and he was gone. 70 yards, blazing down the field. Benjamin St. Just looked slow as shit. It was great to see. <laughs> that, did look, that did feel good to watch him just trying to catch Charbonnet after he was talking shit all week. I think it was it's all in good fun. For it him, was all in good know, fun, for but sure. But still, it's, it's kind of like, huh, all right. <laughs> and Zach, yeah, Jack, you're right. Zach looked fast, right? And that knee, I mean, whatever was bothering him, you know, last year, you could tell that was, like, totally eradicated, right? Oh. I was like, wow, dude, Charbonnet looks quick. Big, strong, like everything, every good adjective you can pull out, that's him. I I love that. Yeah, I mean, we can go right into the running back room in general. I mean, did you, okay, how about this? Let's give a shout out to Nate as well. Going (laughs) back, he was talking up Blake Corum for so long. And we're like, you know, I don't know about you guys, but me in, in particular, I'm like, Dude, we already have three studs in this in this room. There's no way Blake Corum even gets a, a look. And then they come out, first play, he's the first starter. Play. I was like, what is Josh Gaddis doing? Wow. Dude, shouts shouts out to our old co-host, Nate, right? I mean, 
<laughs> the guy, if he's not on this podcast, he's like a college scout at this point, right? I mean, he's called <laughs> Joe be. Milton. He's called Blake Corum. I, I should call him up and ask him who's in eighth grade that we need to start recruiting. <laughs> Dude, 100%. And you're talking about um, Corum making that first play. And I remember we were talking to uh, Clayton, what, two weeks ago. And we we're like, yeah, it's coach speak. No way Quorum gets in there. It'll be like, you know, those three guys will get in, but no way Quorum's going to see it. Quorum had significant playing time last night, not only on special teams, but out of the backfield, lined up at receiver. He, There's a lot of young guys that played, and it was great to see. Yeah, in regards to that um, first possession, too, um, even though they kind of went like three or four and out, however you want to phrase it, um, I still felt like, the command at the quarterback position from Joe Milton was so there was so much poise that I felt like supremely confident in our offense from the jump almost, you know, from that one pass to Blake Corum. And after that moment, I was like, okay, Joe's the guy like this is amazing. It seems like the team rallied around and they feel they looked very comfortable with him at, at the quarterback position. How much does that go into the potential success of this team moving forward? Where how does the team game? How does the defense game plan against this offense? When you don't know who's going to get the ball, eight different guys had carries for Michigan yesterday. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the, those guys who had carries. You mentioned all the guys who got targeted um, just by Joe Milton. I mean, they're spreading the ball all over the field. And now with Joe Milton showing last night that he's not afraid to run the ball. Literally anybody could get the ball at this point, and it's so hard for defenses to plan for that. Kalen, I mean, what what do you think? Who who do you think out of those young guys was the most exciting? Who like who was your biggest surprise last night? Oh man, my biggest surprise. Honestly, this is kind of might be a weird one, but I thought I was very surprised to see Roman Wilson on the. I think that's his name, right? Roman. Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised to see him on the field just because I was like, okay, like he's a recruit. Maybe I'll see him in a year or two. But, I mean, there he was, and making, you know, getting the ball. That was very surprising to me, and he looked fast. He looked agile. fuck, bro. So I was like, oh, my gosh, right? And then some of those other young guys, uh, like A.J. Henning was in A.J. Henning got in, yeah. Um, So, I mean, I love seeing those young receivers get out there. And maybe this is kind of Gaddis going, like, look, we have to get these guys on the field out in space making plays that's why we brought them here and so if if that's him if that's jim whoever's saying that i'm like i mean another thing with that too i think that you brought up a really good point with that new transfer rule there may be like shit if we don't get these guys playing time early we might lose them but it worked out well it's not like we were sacrificing anything putting these guys in there i mean they looked good they looked ready which is very encouraging to see moving forward yeah, it, it's kind of wild, too. After losing Nico Collins, you know, <laughs> you thought that re- receiver group would take a step back at least. Not at but all. But now it's like it's oh, it's overcrowded. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Like, how how would how would we even fit Nico Collins into this offense? Obviously, we would because he he's that good and, and we'd make him. But, you know, we'd make plays for him. But. It's insane that this many guys are getting plays, getting passes thrown their way, and our top guy isn't even in the mix. Dude, you know what's kind of crazy, and I might get killed for this, but do you think – I'm not even going to say do you think. Could you imagine Nico Collins possibly getting moved 
to like tight end. Cause he's built kind of like Eric all and Eric all plays nice in that, in that position. I mean, Nico's a big physical guy. Can you imagine both those guys as bookends on the line as tight ends with all those fast guys out wide oh it would be unbelievable. God. Unbelievable. <laughs> Joe's got six different options there and are all good options. Like, Dude. but I still, I, I don't think you'd get killed for that. It's an interesting, you know, Maybe like a couple times, maybe not even line him up at tight end, but a stand up like guy that's on the line or something, yeah. you know, inside um, so that he's matched up on a, a linebacker or something. And he can beat him. But I also would have loved to see him just mossing those, you know, oh, St. Yeah. Juice and and all those those D backs, the, the little corners they had. We also, God, that would have been awesome. We also got to see that. And this is where. I had a lot of question marks, and I stand 100% corrected, right? Guys like Eric All, right? Dude, Out love there, I, I just didn't really, you know, we saw him last year a little bit, but, I mean, I other than that, I didn't really know anything about him. He was making some plays, right? He was out there getting matched up in good matchups favorable to us. I mean, the kid's, what, like 6'6", six, six, 245, they said? Six, I think maybe 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, I mean, he's, so, he's a big dude. But he also looks super athletic for being that big. Yeah, exactly. he's put on a little bit of muscle, kind of filled out a little bit. He lo- he looks like yeah, ready yeah. now. But also, Mikey Samersville, he had a nice little catch on the sideline. Milton throws a dart right right on the sideline, I, gets a foot down, falls out of bounds. I didn't I mean, think beautiful. that he was going to get his hands up for that. That thing was whistling. That <laughs> was a missile. Rocket. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. think what didn't Joe have hit in the first possession a pass to Giles that was dropped, and it it was moving pretty quick <laughs> across the yeah, field. Yeah, a little bit behind him, a little yeah. bit behind him. But yeah, there looks like they were hitting a lot of slants um, over the middle. Not not too many deep passes, but they look good. I mean, if they're able to move the ball like that down the field, I'm I'm happy with whatever. So so let's talk about. I mean, God, we've talked about him for six months now let's talk about what we saw in joe milton and are you guys impressed were you surprised is there any you know reason for concern i i felt i'll I'll give my little tidbit here before i i ask you guys i felt like he didn't make any wow plays but he managed that game really really well yeah, I mean, you nailed it. That's that's what I was talking to Kalen about before we jumped on. I mean, he met, he was a really good game manager. He made the right reads, I'd say 99% of the time, where, you know, he's not trying to force the ball deep. He checks it down either to a guy uh, five yards out or he takes it and runs it himself. So I think no, him playing as a game manager does not upset me at all because we know he has talent. We know what he can do if we need him to do it. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't need to do it, no need to force it. Just right. take the easy play, take the smart play. And honestly, I think it was kind of encouraging to see that, to see that he could be a game manager and just make the smart play 99, 99% of the time. Yeah, I, I was actually very impressed because coming into the season, um, there was so much talk about, or coming out of last season, I should say, there was so much talk about Joe Milton's accuracy and his decision-making. And so those were huge question marks, despite the fact that coming into this season, we heard that he had improved. Um, You know, a lot of it for us, we hadn't seen any of that. Uh, We saw him as, you know, throwing up huge jump balls to Nico against Ohio State. So when I got to see him actually in the game, like 
being accurate and making good decisions and making reads that looked really good. To me, that was really impressive. And that's that speaks very highly to how serious Joe Milton took his prep and where he can take his skills from there. So I don't really want to call him a game manager because my real hope is that he can become a game changer. And then that will lead Michigan towards beating Ohio State. That was a great line. That was a really good line there. <laughs> love that. I, I actually love that, I, honestly, because I think that, you know, his stats don't jump out at you. He only, he had 225 yards passing and one touchdown. And I did say that I thought that he was going to have more rushing touchdowns than, than passing. He had one and one. So that's, I mean, that's pretty close, I would say, than, than most people expected. We'll take it. Um, we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take that. He, he honestly should have had another rushing touchdown, but he got caught on that corner one right, right before. I thought he had it, man. I know. I will say he, around that corner, as soon as he hit the corner, he put on the burners. That was the first time I had seen him, like, actually go into full speed, and he looked fast. Dude, honestly, I was thinking, I was like, man, if he would have kind of just slowed down a little bit and was able to put a little stiff arm on him, maybe he would have been able to to get past him and, and get the touchdown. But, that, I mean, yeah, he was moving. He he When he started accelerating, I was like, oh, shit, he's gone. I was like, he's pretty fast. Yeah, <laughs> he can move a little bit. I, I think that, you know, I'm excited to see him, um, which is this is not something to be excited about, but if he does get into trouble, because he was – super comfortable in the pocket all day yesterday. Yeah. And so if he does get into trouble, I'm pretty excited to see what he can do in a scramble, you know, moving around, especially with our fast guys, our fast receivers out there, they're going to find pockets. They're going to move with them. I'm sure they've practiced the scramble drill and everything. Um, I would have loved to see them actually get him on some bootlegs or, you know, get him moving outside of the pocket and see what happens there, but they didn't do it a whole lot. Um, but I am excited to see that sometime in the future. Have you, I never saw Shea Patterson feel that comfortable in the pocket as Joe Milton did yesterday, which is incredible to see in his debut, you know, on the road against a, a pretty good team. Yeah. I mean, we always saw Shea happy feet Patterson, you know, jumping yep. around, you yep. know, never really able to sit there comfortably. And man, the RO line last year was good. And I, I'll save this because I'm sure we'll jump into it, but it could be something to say about this year's O-line. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with Milton being more comfortable, being a little bit taller. He can see the field a little bit better, you know, but he did look very, very comfortable. I dare anybody to put even a highlight together of Shea's full season at Michigan last year to see if he looked as comfortable for that much amount of time through the, the way Joe Milton did last night. Yeah, I think uh, Jim Harbaugh's choice comments were cool as a cucumber, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he obviously has swagger to him, but I felt like he kind of, that that was coming off of him onto the rest of the offense, right? It was yes. the swagger, the calm, the collectiveness. It, it was, everyone was on the same page. Everyone felt like super confident in what they were doing, and it just looked easy for them. <laughs> Did it not look, especially, you know, I just talked about this on the stadium and main podcast with Michael Spath. And we talked about how when they got into the red zone, it was essentially a foregone conclusion that they were going to score. You know, obviously they had some field goal trouble, but out of, you know, how many times six, seven touchdowns. Right. And 
they were whenever they got down there, it was pound the rock and you know not making mistakes. But it was it was very very easy for them to get in the end zone, which has not gone well for Michigan in the past. I we've had you know red zone problems all the time. We'd get down there and then sputter and field goal, field goal, you know. And so that was very encouraging to see. And and it was just it was kind of wild to see how easy they made it look. Yeah, I know that was a question mark. At least when I was watching the game last year, I'd be like, oh, shit, they're in the red zone. Red zone. Can they actually get into the end zone? And last last night, just like you said, Justin, I mean, it wasn't even a question. We're just like, all right, they're going to get in the end zone. But is Milton going to run it? Is Milton going to pass it? Is he going to hand it off and they're going to get in? How are they going to score? It's not are they going to score? It's how are they going to do it? And I mean, as a fan, just feeling that level of confidence in your team is, man, I've just got, I'm so excited for the rest of the season. I'm trying not to do this to myself. <laughs> but, I know, I but know. But man, it just felt so good. But I mean, and I love it too, because from our perspective, we're going like, I have, I don't even know what kind of play they're going to run at this point, right? So I have to assume that the opposing team's defense is guessing a little bit as well. I mean, they obviously have more information, personnel regarding blah, blah, blah. But I mean, when you have that many weapons, like Gro, you have already said, the other team's going like, okay, how, we're prepared for maybe four guys, but now they got six out here. I, I Guys, do the best you can, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I mean, if you think about it, how many, how many going forward, seven more games, how many new formations are they going to come out with? And not even new formations, but also new guys in the same formations, which looks different to the defense, right? And so... Um, I don't know. I, I was very impressed by the creativity of Josh Gaddis. I was very impressed by his use of Ben Mason as well. I yes. thought, I thought, okay, we've got speed and space. We've got this up-tempo offense. How do you fit in Ben Mason, a fullback slash tight end into this? He was used all over the place. They were doing trap blocks on the inside. He was clearing off people. He was blocking people into the freaking stands he might still be blocking that guy honestly i feel like he's he's you know some somewhere in, in some farm town in minnesota still blocking so, it back wait so he didn't he get an unsportsmanlike for that he did. yeah yeah, yeah. That was now crazy. i my question is how is that different than i think the stardust last year Spinellis. Spinellis Spinellis against notre dame against notre dame what i think what's the, the game difference? was i think the play was still happening um when Spinellis was doing it against Notre Dame, where with this one, it was like he was kind of passing uh, at quorum, I believe, as he went yeah. down. And he was just like, you know what, fuck this guy. I'm just going to oh, take okay. him for a ride. Um, so I think that was a little bit of a difference. But, oh, well, set the tone, man. No, Love I mean, to I, see it. I don't expect anything different from Ben Mason. So And, and Ro, I'm glad you brought that up because I think Ben Mason was used perfectly. He was. Night. Perfectly. Don't give him, Don't hand him the ball. Don't like just let him go out there, be the mean fucking dude that he is and clear a path for the running backs. And with that O-line, if they can play as well as they did last night and Ben Mason can be utilized just like that, I, I my confidence level is going to continue to rise. Dude, Andy had a receiving touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have if you would have told me, oh, yeah, Ben Mason's going to have a, a passing touchdown or receiving touchdown. I would have been like, why? Why would we why? do that? But it was a great play call. Yeah. Great play call. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that Josh Gaddis did, I, I kind of want to mention, is a lot of pre-snap motion I, was one thing I noticed. Where I was going like, wow, they are moving guys all over the field. Like, what is going on? 
something, but I loved it. That is a great point. That is a great point. I, I think that I, it looked like this offense had been together for 10 years. Honestly, it, it did not look like this was a brand new offense with a ton of new guys. It looked polished. Have you seen a, a more prepared Michigan team? We, I feel like, you know, we've had veteran teams in 2018, 2016 that have come out and looked like shit. Sometimes they look like they, they don't know, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. This team, brand new, brand new, you know, leader, brand new offense. You know, it's only year two of Gaddis, so I, I kind of assume there'd be some growing pain still. They looked like they had been practicing this stuff, and they have for a long time, but my God, they looked polished. They yeah, looked like you, a comp- – go ahead, Kalen. Uh, I was going to say, do you think that the layoff due to COVID-19 has – resulted in them being able to really have a thorough understanding of the playbook so that they show up week one with maybe like all these additional plays and deeper understanding. Yeah. I mean, think about it this way. They've had two, basically two additional months to look at the playbook, get every, get all the new guys comfortable, which probably played a huge part in getting them in the game last night. But I mean, like you guys just said, it looked like a completely different Michigan offense than we've seen in our recent lifetime. I mean, they looked comfortable. They went down the field. Every the Did you guys notice there weren't that many penalties? I mean, normally we see like a shit ton That's of true. penalties on the Michigan offense. They played clean, not a lot of penalties. They looked smooth, looked comfortable the entire game. I mean, there's definitely been a change and it's been for the positive for sure. No, I, I actually do think that Missing spring practice almost was a benefit to them because they were only on Zoom, only going over the playbook and stuff. So they weren't uh, able to, you know, get in there and actually uh, and do drills and things like that. But it's benefited them because everybody looked like they knew exactly where they were. The timing was always great and all that. And, you know, a big part of that, um, you know, a, a group that I think benefited from that most was the offensive line. Holy yeah. smokes, they looked like they were pushing people around. Every block was crisp and clean. Ed Warner, God, there should be a contract on his fucking desk this morning with yes. a blank check. Whatever yeah. <laughs> you want, dude, you're here. You're yeah. here for life, man. Agreed. Ed Warner, for sure, give him that blank check. Josh Gaddis, same thing. Lock him down, man. I mean... They're they're playing well. Reward your guys while while they're still here. Don't let don't even give them the opportunity to leave. Yeah, I'm, dude. Warner, I mean, he's killing it. So I love it. Yeah, I I am a bit worried that people are gonna come try and poach one of those guys or both of them. Gaddis, I bet you has some head coaching opportunities after this year if this keeps up. Um, you know, but you. I don't know. You got to got to do what you can to keep them around. So, um, yeah, I think money talks. Might as yeah. well might as well pay them. I mean, We're we already- saw it in 2015, 2016, right? DJ Durkin gone. Um, who was the guy who went to UCLA, the offensive coordinator? Oh, Coach Fish or QB coach? Yep, Jed yeah, Fish. Yeah. He he left. I mean, there's been countless guys that have done so well at Michigan and and left. Where I mean. Harbaugh does a great job bringing these guys in, but man, if we don't have consistency there, especially with the good guys and we can't lock them down, I mean, it's like we're starting over almost every year. Yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's like 
I want him to do well, but not too well. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All of a sudden, if we were scoring 49 points a game, oh, God, somebody's coming in and, and offering Josh Gaddis a head coaching job. That's, you know, oh, yeah. for sure. So um, I actually this was a, this was something that I talked about with uh, some people. Michigan State should have went after Josh Gaddis for a, their head coaching job. Yeah. Why that not try? Offense, Why not look, try? That offense, I've never seen anything worse than what their offense looked like yesterday. <laughs> honestly, oh my God. honestly, I didn't watch a lot of the game. I was kind of following along on social media. But uh, not to praise Sparty here, Rocky Lombardi, for any reason. But when if you would have looked at just the game stats for Rocky Lombardi and take the picks away, <laughs> we'll take the picks out of there. Only but, seven uh, of them? <laughs> all, only all seven of the picks. But he, he went like 31 of 40-something for 300-some yards. 30. I mean, he threw for three hundo. That is I one was kind thing. Of like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did watch some of the like highlights this morning from that game, and one thing that definitely stuck out to me about Michigan State is like they—that is the epitome of we beat ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. So that does. I mean, we can talk about it later on in the week, but if Sparty cleans some of that up, do you think there would be any, you know, any potential for them to even have a chance to compete? Always rivalry week, man. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Never know what's going to happen. Turn, seven turnovers is, is crazy. So you're never going to win a, a game. And the fact that they were even within, what, 11 points or whatever it, it was, like with seven turnovers, that's that's craziness. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, with, seven, it, with seven turnovers, you're not only shooting yourself in the foot, you're cutting your legs off and your arms. You're just rolling around <laughs> there. Like, you can't do anything at that point. <laughs> I mean, there's Seriously, no chance though. to win a game with that with seven turnovers. I mean, it looked like Michigan last year against fucking Everybody. whoever when we were turning them when we were turning the ball over constantly. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball now. And the secondary was a position group that we were pretty concerned about over here. And I actually thought they did pretty well. I don't do you guys were you guys thinking the same thing while watching them? Yeah, Kale and I talked about that, like I said, a little bit before um, we started recording. And secondary, you know, I don't think they did great. I don't think they did bad. I think they did a fine job. I mean, Rashad Bateman didn't go off, neither did any of their receivers. Um, but it wasn't like they were locking anybody down. So a good game from a secondary. I think they played well. I was Honestly, I was very impressed with Jamon Green, more so than anybody else that was out there. I don't know, I don't know what, you, what you think, Kalen. Yeah, I mean, if I was going to give them a grade, I would give them a C, right? I mean, they passed the test, and they're ready to go on to the next class. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, Jack pretty much hit the nail on the head. They did what they were asked to do, uh, but they didn't, like, exceed anybody's expectations, at least not mine, really. Uh, so, I mean, I'm pleased with their performance. Could they have done better? Yeah. Could they have done a lot worse? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, uh, after that first, you know, after the blocked punt and then they had good field position and then Tanner Morgan, you know, basically threw a touchdown right away. And I was watching Dax Hill and Brad Hawkins look at each other like, yeah, where were you supposed to be? Where were you? Where was I supposed to be? And I was like, oh, shit, here we go. These guys, you know, they don't even know where they're supposed to be at. And those are the two guys that we were confident in. <laughs> I, I was just about to say, those are our two guys who are like, all right, safety will be good, but DB is going to struggle. And then yep. we're looking at our two starting safeties that were on the team last year, looking at each other like, where are you? That's bad. 
Like that's, yeah. that's not good. That's now I'm concerned again about our safety. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. Hill could be out. He, he was injured yesterday. They said it was undisclosed injury. Haven't gotten any word about that. That would be bad, bad news. Um, nice. and, and so, um, I don't know. I, I thought they, they, I thought they surprised us a little bit. They struggled yeah. early, which we, um, you know, uh, assumed, but they, against a, a Tanner Morgan offense that has yeah. put up 300 yards consistently, they held him to, I think 150 or something like that, maybe even less. And so I, I think that that was a, a win, I would say for the secondary, um, not giving up, you know, 300 yards and four TDs or something like that. Yeah, an, inter- an interesting stat that ESPN put up during the game is there was only one guy last year who led the that basically beat out um, Joe Burrow for the best completion percentage for 20 plus yards with passes in the air, and it was fucking Tanner Morgan. So I mean, that's crazy. We're sitting here right now, like yeah, secondary played good, like you know didn't do great, didn't do poorly, but that's also against one of the top deep threat quarterbacks right. in in the country. Yeah, so that's true. I mean. Game one again. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not pleased with what they did. Like I think we're all on the same page. Like we're satisfied. Kalen, like you said, they passed the test. They're ready to move on. Uh, I'm ready to see. And it's a lot of young guys. I'm ready to see what they can do moving forward, especially against a Michigan State that had seven turnovers uh, this past week. <laughs> yeah, I I think that also against Rashad Bateman, who is you know arguably the best receiver in the country, a Blitnikoff guy, and, and so. I actually looked up the stats right after the game and I saw he had nine catches for 101 yards. And I was like, really? Didn't feel I, didn't like no- it. I didn't notice that, you know, yeah. he wasn't, a, he wasn't like a threat the whole game. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, there's Rashad Bateman again. You know, I thought, I thought they kept him in check pretty well. Um, you know, they had a couple deep balls, but it was, it was, they did a really good job of the bend, but don't break, you know, Mm-hmm. The, usually those deep balls, those three deep balls go for touchdowns. We yeah. kept at least the deep balls to 30, 40 yards and then recovered after that, which I thought was a big improvement from before. And I want to, I want to ask you guys too. So we're talking about secondary, um, Makari page. He was, he's an incoming freshman, correct? He had yep. significant playing time last night. You guys, yeah, have yeah, any, you guys a, they put him in, uh, when Dax was injured. Oh, okay. So that that's was when he got in. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. But still, young guy going in. I mean, could have been Andre Selden, could have been Jordan Morant, who we've heard a lot about. I, I was shocked to see Makari Page over those guys. That's a great but point. But pleased, but pleased. Yeah, I mean, I think some of these young guys are really, uh, you know, surprising these coaches and, and impressing them. Obviously, they wouldn't be Obviously, on the field. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't, you know freshman football where everybody plays just because these guys have have earned the earned the right to be uh on the field and so for them to all get these this playing time on both sides of the ball in game one uh was was you know pretty surprising but i I like it and i like it for the future for the future it looks pretty damn bright for the michigan football right now yes um you know we've talked about maybe playing for 2021 type of deal you know, with the shortened season. And uh, although I'm very, very excited for 2020 still, but I'm also now even more excited 2021. My God. Um, So, so I think that things are going to go well. Let's talk about the front seven front seven on, on the defense for Michigan. Quiddy pay is a freak. 
My God. I, I mean, th- that front four, although, um, you know, the rushing game, they didn't go too well, but like I, Donovan Jeter, Quiddy Pay, Aiden Hutchinson, Julius Walshoff, who we've talked about, um, you know, it, the list goes on and on. I, I thought they did a fantastic job, especially in the second half. Kalen, go off on your boy Walshoff, please, for a second. Dude, yeah, I mean, the German sensation, right? Julius Walshoff. <laughs> who who would have – I mean, even I didn't think I was going to see him in this game, right? Yeah. I mean, he was kind of just the sleeper guy that I mentioned months ago, right? And even I lost track of him. So it's great to see that much depth on the line where where they're putting guys in. I'm going like, oh, yeah, he's on the team, you know, and they're making plays. I think he had a what like half a sack or whatever. So I mean, he was making plays. He was making plays for sure. And I think it was something. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I noticed a lot of four down linemen instead of three, which yeah. was ve- no, made thanks. me very very happy. I mean, definitely helped out Carlo Kemp. I mean, Carlo usually he's the guy that's ready to tackle, taking a lot of the heat up there. Dude, he get, looked good getting, too. He looked good, so he can kind of shine a little bit with a second D tackle out there. And uh, he had a sack. He made a couple nice plays. Chris Hinton was in there with him. Um, look good, but yeah, man, salt and pepper, quitty pay and Hutchinson. Jesus cam called it, man. I think, I mean, they might be the best defensive end duo in the country, man. They're they look very good. 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 Aiden and, Hutchinson. When, when he freaking, that one guy was trying to come off the edge. Uh, I think in the red zone, he just picked him up and just laid him oh, down like a little it. baby. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and now Jack, I mean, you can go off on your boy too. Who's that? Quiddy? My boy Quiddy? Oh, behind him, man. Your boy, Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett. Oh, player in the game. He's got to be the defensive MVP, right? Has to be. I mean, I mean, even he made a play on special teams. He almost had a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> almost had a kickoff return touchdown. But uh, I know I was texting uh, I was texting Cam during the game, and I was like, man, Michael Barrett. How, like, this guy's going off. And he's like, dude, I wish I would have picked him for MVP. Did you notice he was also puking? I was like, he was puking? I like, did see that. Like, yeah, I saw the hang on the field and just like making plays left and right. Dude, he was he was outstanding. He was outstanding. He was the most impressive linebacker by far. I'd say okay. him, Josh Ross, then McGrone. He is like exactly what you want to see when you hear like, oh, we got a recruit who's listed as an athlete, right? Yeah. Like yep. the ATH. dude, this guy's yep. all over the field, played quarterback in Georgia. Now yep. he's like you know, running punts back. He's playing linebacker. Like he it didn't last year. He was like, he threw the ball on a fake punt or something. Yeah. yeah. Dax, yeah. To Dax. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, he can, he can do it all. He's the, uh, I was telling Kalen last night. I remember when we were, we, uh, Brandon Brown, who, um, who's a writer for Wolverine Digest, he hit us up. He's like, hey, guys, let's do a little quick write-up. Uh, most versatile player on the team. And myself and Brandon, we put Michael Barrett. So when we were watching the game last night, I was like, Kalen, remember that time I wrote that article, that little write-up, <laughs> and I put Michael Barrett? That aged pretty well. <laughs> yeah, he he was incredibly impressive. And I think that that Viper position is so important to Don Brown's defense that – that that had to be, you know, Don Brown is sitting there just with a big grin on his face oh, yeah. that he's got a stud at that position because 
That was Jabril Peppers, and when we had Jabril Peppers, that defense was fantastic. I thought it was a little bit of a downgrade to Kalik Hudson. Kalik Hudson had a great sophomore year, I believe, but his junior and senior years were not as good. Um, Obviously, everyone will figure out, you know, that Michael Barrett, they probably should pay attention to him, but I thought that they actually, in the second half, did start paying attention to Michael Barrett, and that's when Pay, Aiden Hutchinson, Carlo Kemp, those guys started getting through because they had to account for Michael Barrett. And, God, it was fun to watch that D-line go after Tanner oh, Morgan. Man. He was running for his life in the second half yesterday. Dude, especially back-to-back-to-back to back to back sacks, too. Yeah. Love to see it. Yeah, especially late in the game when you could mm-hmm. see, like, the their offensive line was getting worn out, right? Oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean – Let's talk about the Michael Barrett hit on Tanner Morgan. I Tanner Morgan, I can't believe he's not dead. That was he absolutely pounded him into the ground. And then the ball pops right up into Donovan Jeter's hands. That was such an awesome play. He hit him so hard that he knocked the ball into Tanner Morgan's chest plate five yards to Donovan Jeter. And Donovan Jeter just lottie dod his way into the end zone. <laughs> Nobody even getting near him. That was yeah, like, it's awesome to see Donovan Jeter too. He was out there having fun last night, and that was really that was really fun to see. I felt that hit like sitting there watching the game. Like I was, well, dude, I, we were watching it, and we're like, oh shit, oh shit, he's not, he's not blocked, and it was just like boom, and he thinks wrecked him. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I kind of went like, oh, oh and like my beer kind of <laughs> jumped up a little bit. <laughs> Came through the TV. Um, so I do want to touch on too the one concern I think that fans and us are gonna are gonna talk about is the running game um again against our defense Minnesota's run game Ibrahim did whatever he wanted pretty much and I is that concerning to you was it was it too much did you feel like even though that was going on we still had a, a, a you know a good defensive performance. How'd you guys take that after seeing him go for? I think he had 30 rushes for like 150 yards or something like that. Honestly, when I was watching the game, I didn't really notice it. So for me, it's not as concerning because it's not like he had any big rushes that like whereas Jonathan Taylor against Wisconsin, where he gets past the linebackers and he's just gone. You know, so. For me, I didn't notice it too much, so I'm not too concerned. Um, I don't know, Kalen, what do you think? I didn't really notice that. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think you're kind of right. Well, where like while I was watching the game, I was kind of like, there were a couple moments where I said like, oh man, we got to stop him, maybe, you know. But it wasn't until I saw the stat sheet where I was like, he had like 146 yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that is a little bit concerning because my whole mentality is we got to stop master Teague and uh, yeah. Trey Sermon at Ohio state. So, and um, what was this guy's name? Ibrahim. He seemed like yeah. one of those small backs who can kind of like bounce off of somebody and then like take it to the outside. So I'm, I guess I'm not sure how to fix that, but I think we need to, you know, contain it a little bit more and force them to come at us up the middle and then we can contain that because I have full faith into our backers. And, Ro, I think that's an interesting point that you brought that up, too, because it's similar to the Rashad Bateman stats. I mean, nine receptions, 100 yards, you think that's pretty significant. But when we look back, like, back at the game when we were watching it, we're like, well, oh, I didn't really notice that he really had that. So um, 
interesting. I think maybe would have noticed a little bit more if Michigan didn't score so many points. Right. But but yeah, just looking back at it, I'm like, wow, I didn't really notice that. So that reminds know, me of a of a comment um, from Nick Saban, I think this week or last week. He said something about like it's the offense now that wins you games. I don't know if mm-hmm. somebody knows more than I do about what the comment was, but. Jack, that's like exactly what we're saying and seeing here now, right? I mean, if offense can put up points, defense can just stop them enough, then you're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, and that was always a question in the past. It would always be like, all right, we know the defense will be solid. Can the offense score? And now it's it's flip-flopped, which makes, one, (laughs) it makes it for a much more fun game to watch. And two, I don't know, it just makes me feel more confident that way because it's like, all right, they scored, but we can match it. Where, you know, with the defense, it's like, all right, they let one up, but then it's like, oh, shit, like our offense, do we don't even know if they're going to score. What do you think, Ro? Yeah, I, I think that it feels like our offense finally came into the 21st century, yeah. honestly, right? Like, we've been playing, you know, 1980 Bo Schembechler football for so long now, and, and Harbaugh was a little bit stubborn about that, and he did well with that. Like, obviously, we had success in 2016 with that, and you can win with that. But now, it seems like every team is you. You have to put up 40 some points to win, and we did that. And and I thought that I think that now it's the one the one big concern I had with Michigan football playing that you know the old way of football, uh, the smash mouth and the time of you know you're try, trying to win the time of possession and all that stuff is you can't play from behind if you get down 14 points there's no way to come from behind you don't have that in your in your play calling you don't have that at all and now it's like all right even if we get behind by 14 to ohio state to penn state whoever it is i feel like joe milton we can chuck it deep a couple times or you know hit some 25 yarders and we're back in the game right away so that's where i can see it benefiting michigan the most is if we get down, we can come back now, and now it's like up-tempo. You can do whatever you want, it, it, but we can also re- – you can always scale that back, right? You don't always have to be up-tempo. They, right. We have the running back room. We have the yeah. offensive line. If we do want to dink and dunk and take some time, we can do that still. And that's – I'm glad you brought up the up-tempo because that's something we can definitely do. Like we talked about earlier, we literally have four running backs that can – that can do it. They can all do it and they can all make it work. We've got, I think eight receivers that we can plug in. I mean, we can just friggin' run up tempo all day long if we want and just switch out the personnel. I mean, as long as the line can keep up, I mean, we could run all over, you know, other people's defenses. Yeah, we, we saw it. We didn't even really see that. Sorry. Go ahead. Caleb. I was going to say, we actually did see a little bit of it right during this game. Uh, Joe Milton with the empty backfield and five yeah. wide, right? Mm-hmm. And when he was lined up like that, I was like, oh, crap, like, this is this is trouble for the other team. Yeah. No, I I was going to say we didn't see them, like, try and rush up to the line. Oh, no. Right? Yeah, that's, not at all. That's what I was going to say. But we, they could. We didn't see, right. But, but I think they could. Like, yeah. if they have, you know, think about that. If, if we go, if we're going down the field in a, you know, eight play drive, 10 play drive, something like that. We have plenty of depth at the wide receiver position to run, you know, go routes on every single one of those plays or something. Right. You can you can put in AJ Henning and Roman Wilson for Ronnie Bell and Mike Sainer still, and there's is there much difference? It didn't look like it last night. It didn't look like it. 
that is one thing I do want to see, right? And I'm glad that Gaddis was doing this, is giving all these receivers. I think what his thought process is a little bit is I got all these receivers. They're all really good. But I want somebody to establish himself as like the it guy, the guy who can really separate himself from the pack. And so that's kind of what I want to see somebody kind of take a step towards as we go you know, towards the end of the season. I want to see a receiver who can create separation and a receiver who can, you know, we can count on a lot. And I was hoping maybe like a Ronnie Bell could be that type. And we saw him late in the game do some of that, but I'm really hoping maybe one of these young guys could even take that spot. Who do you think, uh, or who do you guys think out of the group we saw last night, do you think, do you guys have a favorite to think who could kind of do that? I mean, I think personally mine's Ronnie Bell just because he's the ret- the returning guy. Um, and he's got a little bit more height than, than the rest of them. But do you guys, anybody else stand out to you guys? Dude, I think it's it's either Giles or Roman Wilson. Giles Jackson is gonna is gonna make a, a play here at some point. He's gonna catch a deep ball from Joe Milton where he ends up five yards down down the field. But Roman Wilson dude looked fast. He caught the ball, he found the spot in the you know, soft spot in the coverage. That dude's gonna keep getting playing time. So I how about how about Joe Milton just overthrowing that deep ball by like twenty yards? <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. I remember he let it go, and I was like, "Oh, oh, here we go." And I'm like, "Dude, that was like fifteen yards off." <laughs> that was like exactly what I was expecting him to do all game. So, do you think that the deep balls aren't as polished as has been talked about in in camp? I don't know. That was really the only one we saw. I know I'd, I'd wish to see like a full camera view of that because I wonder if like Roman got tripped up or something like because I mean apparently he's the fastest guy on the team. You don't think Joe would overthrow him by 15, 20 yards, you know? So I, I'd like to see the full camera view to see if he actually got tripped up or if Joe was just like, fuck it, I'm letting it loose and, and it just lay off. But uh, dude, I love it, dude. I wish they were on the 30 and Joe just went, just, fuck it, and just launched it to the as other far end. As far as he could. Oh, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> And plus, it's always tough. Game one. I mean, different yeah. DBs, you know. So we'll see. We'll see moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, I, right now I don't have a whole lot of confidence, I guess, in the deep ball because we haven't really seen anything. Yeah, I'm I'm just glad he showed it off, right? I almost equate it to, like, a pitcher getting warmed up and he throws a couple curveballs just yeah. to, like, show you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that he'll figure that out. That was probably – he honestly probably got the play call from Josh Gaddis and was like so amped. Like, oh, yeah. all right, I'm letting this one loose, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he just launched that fucker like <laughs> 60 <laughs> yards. And uh, who was it to? Was it to Roman Wilson? It was to Roman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he's going to figure that out at some point. And, yeah. You know, I, I do think that was very interesting to me that we dinked and dunked a lot. And you know what, though? With the speed that they have, I think what was super important and our receivers did incredibly well is blocking on the outside. Yes. How many times did they run a, a you know a wheel or a, a, a slant, you know a screen pass, whatever you want to call it out there? We Josh Gaddis wants to get it to his playmakers and let them make a move and make a play. But I saw uh you know we'd have we'd have trips out here, or two guys out here, and get it to the the receiver. Those two receivers, how many times did you see them blocking 10 yards downfield? And that is so important to to the success of this offense, the way that Josh Gaddis wants to run it. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. We mentioned it last year. It seemed like the receivers were kind of lazy with their blocking and Mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference. I mean, if you want to get to the next level, as far as, you know, just advancing the ball, I mean, it can't just be the linemen that are blocking receivers got to be blocking all the way through the play. So, I mean, if they're doing that, we'll see big plays and big plays and just continue to see it all season long. And that's huge. Exactly. Yeah. Eventually something will open up and somebody will spring off a 60 yard run. Yeah. Love it. Let's talk about one more very concerning thing, and that is the kicking game. Holy shit. That was bad. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, we we were talking about a little bit before, and um, apparently Nordin is injured. Like, he he re-aggravated something, but even Moody, he was my guy, man. He seemed like he was a consistent guy last year. I know Nordin was hot. I think he finished like 10 for 10 with like a 50-some yarder against Bama in uh, in the Citrus Bowl, but... He struggled last night, man. Like, never, nothing I've ever seen from Moody in from the past year. I mean, he he missed, I think, every field goal he took. Yeah, yeah, he was 0 for 3 on field goals. But he was 7 for 7 extra points. So I don't really know what's up with that. Yeah, one of them was like a weird botched kind of snap. Yeah, the but, snap but, the bad, holder, but the holder got it there in the right. So, I mean, I don't know. I love Moody. I feel like he's had a bad game, man. He must have just had a bad game. So hopefully that's the case. And moving forward, we're fine. But... I know Kale and I were talking about it last night while we were watching the game. If if this is the case where it's like Bama and we're scoring, but we got a shitty kicker, I'll fucking take it. I'll <laughs> yeah, take it all absolutely. day long. If we can absolutely. be as good as Bama, um, but I think it'll I think we'll be fine moving forward. I don't know. You guys kind of are you guys concerned? Like really concerned about it or? Eh, well, I I feel like you know special teams kind of gets treated like the redheaded stepchild. So I wouldn't be surprised if we did all of our or you know. 90% of our focus to prepare for the game and for the season, for that matter, on our offense and defense. And then they're like, eh, special teams, line up, kick the ball, whatever. Yeah. You know, and, you know, stuff like this happens. So I think, you know, Jay Harbaugh should at least identify it and be like, oh, shit, we got to do something. So get the guys up to snuff and, I mean, things will coalesce. Yeah, he's also, I think the tough thing is, it's 22 degrees. He's kicking a rock, essentially. Yeah. You know that ball is so hard. And but with that being said, it's not getting any. It's not getting any warmer this year. No, it's not. So he's got to get used to that. So I think we as fans probably just have to get used to. We're not going to see 57 yarders from kickers this year because it's because of the cold conditions. But I mean, it was very concerning. Moody is he's been lights out in the past and. He's I know Nordine. Better than Minnesota's guy, that's for sure. Oh my God, we weren't the worst <laughs> kicking team on the on the field last night. Yeah. Dude. Okay, my question about that: If you know that's the case, don't you just like go grab a soccer player or something <laughs> like? Right. Anybody? I think any of us could have done better than that. Like, you've got to <laughs> have somebody on on the Minnesota campus, like another student athlete, somebody. A soccer, the soccer team's not playing right now, dude. Go grab somebody there that has a fucking boot and yeah. put. There's no reason not to, right? Yeah. That was a I mean, huge advantage for us too, right? Because it, it prevented them from being able to flip the field. So yeah. we always had really good field position. Yeah, and to kind of go back to what we were just talking about, as far as like I know, I said right now I'm not concerned about um, the kicking game, but once we get to Indiana, once we get to Wisconsin. Obviously, against Ohio State, they're going to be closer games. Then I'll be a little bit concerned. So hopefully, either Nordine's healthy or, or Moody's figured it out, and it was just one bad game. But once it gets to those games that are close and we're going to need field goals to win it, 
that's when it'll be really concerning for me for sure. Yeah, I, I <laughs> we're not gonna win every game forty nine to to twenty four right, or whatever. Right. Like, dude, we're gonna get into a close game here and need to make some field goals. That could be the mm-hmm. difference. So I think that that is uh, it, it. I'm you know that Jim Harbaugh is is making that an emphasis. You know, they're they're definitely giving the rest of the team good praise this week, but I guarantee you that the special teams room is saying, all right. You know, we need to figure this out in order if, if we want to be a, a real contender this year. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move around to the rest of the Big Ten here for a little bit. You know, with, finally, we had some Big Ten football to watch. I we, We've been, you know, a little bit into football, obviously watching our, our game Cox, who dropped the ball a little bit. But it's still tough Cox game, by 90. tough game, tough game. Still Cox by 90. That's right. I, I just feel I feel bad for Shami or TDs because I know he lost like two thousand dollars yesterday uh, <laughs> in gambling. <laughs> Um, but I, I was like, even while watching SEC, Big 12, ACC, I, I wasn't fully into it. And then I watched a full slate of Big Ten yesterday and I was like, oh, this feels good. This, I am 100% in. So football's um, actually back. Now. Yeah. Football's actually back. So we'll, let's start with the noon games. Um, Ohio State, Nebraska, um, Nebraska hung with them for a half and then for the first half, <laughs> for the first half, they got a couple targeting calls that were terrible and, yeah. um, whatever we targeting, fuck targeting. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and, but like, I don't know. It, do you think Ohio state is still untouchable? They, they scored 52 points, obviously very, very good performance on the offensive side. What do you think about OSU? I mean, OSU is going to be, Everybody knows what OSU is. They're the best team in the Big Ten, no question. If they're going to lose, the other team's got to play perfect. They got to get a couple calls. Um, I mean, man, they're just we know what they are, and they're I mean, they're going to run the table unless a team can play perfect. And I mean, maybe Indiana. Indiana's always that sleeper team. Michigan, can they keep doing what they're doing? Do we have a chance this year? Penn State, I mean, they're always an opportunity to to beat Ohio State. So I mean. I don't know, man. Ohio's, I just expect every year Ohio State's going undefeated. I mean, especially with Justin Fields, the quarterback. They're freshman freaking receivers. Do you guys see that catch that that guy that made? That was unbelievable. Holy How did he, he literally defied physics? Like they're, they just have so much talent on their team. It's just it's hard to think that they'll ever lose a game. And they know it, too, right? And They've they already it. talked about, we're looking forward to our rematch with Clemson. It's like they've yeah. already written their own script. So... You know, we got to we got to grab destiny, you know, by the throat and slam mm-hmm. them to the ground when we get a shot. So, yeah. And then um, th- this was it might have been might as well have been on the, the comedy portion of Netflix. <laughs> Rutgers versus Michigan State was I mean, dude, nine turnovers or I think it got up to 10 turnovers for the whole game on both sides. It was like. Every two seconds, there was a turnover, and Rutgers goes out. Greg Schiano is back, beats Mel Tucker in game one of the, of the Mel Tucker era at MSU. Is is Michigan State that bad? Or is Rutgers back? Rutgers is back. <laughs> Rutgers is back, baby. <laughs> Man, uh, I mean, we look at we look at Mel Tucker, right? Like there was so much hype around him coming to. Michigan State, and he was going to stay at Colorado, and yada, yada, yada. Wasn't his record 6-6 six and six last year? 
Like he didn't he even had, have a good. I think it was five and seven. I don't think it was even. I six was like, six. why are people freaking out about Mel Tucker? Like he, like it's like people freaking out about Rich Rod. Like, oh, we're gonna sign Rich Rod, and he just went three and nine. It's, I don't. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So, I don't know. I think Mel. I don't know. Mel Tucker's got to do something because right now I think he, I don't think he belongs in Big Ten football. Oh yeah. I was trying not to like make some like hot dickheaded take, but like. Jeez, you just, lost to, you just lost to Rutgers. That was their first win since 2017. It was yeah. a 21-game Big Ten losing streak. I mean, yeah. couldn't couldn't have happened to a better team in Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, it makes me happy. But And, and plus, you had all offseason to prepare for this game, and you're losing to Rutgers. I mean, granted, you had seven turnovers, but Jesus, guys, come on. Uh, that was brutal. It, it was – I was – laughing my ass off at every single turnover it was hilarious but um you know you guys know i love michigan state so you know they'll be they'll be okay you're their biggest fan man so true and so true shout out mike selly he's probably crying in a room right now in the shout corner. out mike selly for still listening i do appreciate that. i appreciate you mike <laughs> selly. I, do. I i wouldn't listen to my spartan friends podcast if i were you so you're a good friend you're a good friend <laughs> and you have to, he, everything's great for him until I start talking about. Michigan I know State. he probably like fast forward. <laughs> yeah, just skips through. <laughs> smart move, smart move. Yeah, uh, we will talk about Michigan, Michigan State. You know, coming up this week uh, though, so that'll be fun. Obviously, rivalry week. Any oh, Penn State, Indiana, what a game! Oh Holy my shit. god, that was we all an unbelievable it. ending. We all said it. Indiana is kind of a sleeper. Right, no. they're gonna be good, Michael. We finally figured it out. Michael Penix is it is, Penix? Uh, Penix? Penix, Michael, Michael, <laughs> Michael Penix, dude. Michael Penix. They they blew that last game. So hold on, let's start at the beginning. Penn State could have just like downed themselves after they got the first down, ran out the clock. You can see the guy was like kind of like oh shit, oh shit, and he ran in for a touchdown. He's like oh fuck, I I, I killed us. Yep. Penix takes Indiana down the field. They convert, get the two point conversion. Penn State scores. And then I think Indiana scores, goes for the two point, gets they call a touchdown on the field, and then they review it. I don't know about you guys, but it looked like that ball was clearly hit out of bounds before he hit the pylon. They reviewed it, and the for call a long stood. time for a long time, and the call stood. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure they had more cam- uh, camera angles than we did, but that would take a blown call to me. But also, if you're Penn State and you're gonna fuck up that bad at the end of the fourth quarter, you deserve to lose. So. Indiana still a good team. We know that. We know that now. It's confirmed. Probably the first time I've ever seen a team lose by scoring points. Yeah, honestly. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that that was that was a wild ending. And the this the play there, the spot and or the the play at the pylon. It was so hard to tell. Did did the ball cross the line before he hit? Like before he even hit crossed, the pylon. It crossed out of bounds. That's where I'm confused. Know, I I think it was one of those things where like no matter what was called on the field, it was not going to be overturned. Yeah. Because there's not evidence of you know enough evidence. So if, even if if they called it a no touchdown on the field, they wouldn't have overturned it to a touchdown. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. But that was that was wild. Penn State losing game one. Wild. I mean, top they were, eighteen. They, they, everyone said that they were the one team that could give Ohio State a run for their money, and Sean Clifford 
didn't look like he could throw the ball at all. He ran like a maniac, but he didn't look like he'd run well. Um, are you worried about Indiana now? We do. Michigan has to go to Indiana. Dude, I'm always worried about Indiana. I it's know, always man. a close game. Always a tough game. I mean, yeah, especially I this year. They always give us trouble. Always. Yeah. I think Mr. Phoenix is pretty good. I, it's just kind of wild that the ending of that game had to deal with, with Mr. Phoenix's tip, the tip of the ball. The Mr. Tip of Phoenix's ball. tip of his ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. So yeah. um, Sometimes just the tip will get you. <laughs> he, he just, just he got, the tip, the w. got the job done. We can't forget about Wisconsin, though. Oh, yeah, See? yeah. They look fucking good, dude. Yeah, Jack Cohn, transfer portal, going to the ACC. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, they, Graham Mertz is all of a sudden like, like, what? I don't know. What, how does this just happen to other teams? Like, dude comes in and he's just five. He, he almost broke their record in his first game. Like, 17 yeah. for 17, and then the one running back dropped the ball. Otherwise, it would have been good. And that five touchdowns, like, Jesus, dude. So now now all of a sudden we're worried about Wisconsin's passing game, too. Right. right. Yep. Shit. We know they can run the ball, and now they can pass. We're, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. That would be a sudden, good. That would be a fun game, I hope. Wisconsin has abruptly changed from, like, a ground and pound to an air raid offense. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. What the, what the hell? So. I don't know. I, I will say it, it looked like after week one, Michigan's schedule got even harder somehow than it than it originally looked. Wisconsin looks even better than they, they were advertised. Um, Penn State maybe looks a little bit less, but Indiana, which was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not big game. Now all of a sudden is, is a big game. They're probably going to be ranked. Um, I don't know. It, it's. Um, Michigan state maybe is a gimme now. I, I honestly think Michigan's going to score 70 points on them. I really do. I hope so, man. Just rivalry games always freak me out. Yeah. You never know yeah. if they can get any sort of momentum. Weird shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say that we're living in the most bizarro timeline ever, right? Already the year is weird, but the big 10 East, all teams tied for first place, Michigan, Ohio state. Yeah. Okay. And then. IU, Indiana, and Rutgers. Rutgers, they're Wild. back, baby. Rutgers is gonna like put that up on a plaque. Like we were oh once tied for first in the uh, in the Big yeah. Ten East. Yeah. <laughs> put that up in the locker room. All right, well, uh, that's about it from us for today. Great recap from uh, uh for, from this weekend. I we're I mean God, it was just so good to have Michigan football back. I was so pumped. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it was win. amazing. So can't wait to to you know we go right into rivalry week, which is like a a gift, you know, which is amazing. So can't wait for this week as well. Uh, we'll have a, another podcast coming out later this week. So follow us on Twitter at Bluebine90. Follow us on Instagram as well and Facebook. YouTube at Blue by 90 podcast. Um, subscribe and like. Give us a rating. Probably I, we would like a good rating, but you can give us like a bad review, like <laughs> like five stars. These guys are idiots, but yeah. <laughs> please try to keep the rating up. Um, other than that, we will see you guys next time. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue.